Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Patriots Report. My name is Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. I am very happy to welcome in a good buddy of mine, a great information source, someone you should be following on Twitter if you aren't already. His name is Miguel Benzon. He's Pat's Cap, otherwise known as Pat's Cap. He is on Twitter. He is a tremendous fountain of information. This is a guy who we were just talking about this before we started the show. I've known him since 2007, 14 years. Wow. And it's been a lot of fun over the years <laughs> talking to Miguel, you know, not only getting some information, but also just, you know, kind of developing a friendship. So I'm very pleased to welcome Miguel in to this episode of the Patriots Board. Miguel, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right. Doing all right. I uh, survived the trade deadline. Now I got to survive this Odell Beckham J- Jr. nonsense. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, I cannot believe it. I'm like, uh, I was um, volunteering for the Habitat Humanity today, so I'm, I don't have my phone with me. And so I'm done. And then my phone's blowing up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what, what happened? What happened? And it's just it's Odell Beckham Jr. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, I'm like, I'm like, can we afford him? I'm like, no, we can't afford him. And not only do why do we want him? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how often do you get those? How often do you get it? Because you're you're pretty active on Twitter on a regular yes. basis. Let me start yes. off with this question. How how often do you get inevitably when a name is either predicted to be cut or is cut? How quickly does your phone blow up? And how many communications? How many texts? How many DMs do you get? People saying. Oh, can the Patriots afford to sign player X? My phone, my Twitter notifications blow up. I hardly ever get DMs about it because I usually, t- um, unless the person's going to write a story, they're not going to usually d- DM me. All right. Um, because they know, if they, since they're following me, they know that I'm going to tweet something out about it. And then they can just put the tweet, my tweet in the, in the story. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but it, it does blow up. I don't, Personally, folks, I, I don't get why the, the interest in OBJ don't get the interest in Deshaun Jackson. If you you can see my number on 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 my Twitter feed, the Patriots have about less than two point five million dollars in cap space to create the cap space for as if he, if you do the claim on waivers, you have to push out money with two old two or more older players. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty, or Trent Brown, or Jonathan Jones, or Shaq Mason. All right. For, the Patriots didn't do that for in order to keep on keep Stefan Gilmore because they had the choice. They could have done pushed out those money with those guys mm-hmm. and kept Stefan Gilmore on Stefan Gilmore on the roster. So if they weren't willing to do that and keep to keep Stefan Gilmore on the roster, I can't imagine they're gonna push out the money for an OBJ or a Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. And now the, the trade deadline. Has come and gone. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, about 24 hours or so since the trade deadline has passed. From a financial perspective, not necessarily a personnel perspective, but maybe from a cap angle, were you surprised they didn't make a move? It, it Chris, it would have to have been it had to have included a player, and unfortunately for the for the Patriots, the players that would most likely have been traded would have been Chase Winovich. Mm-hmm. I say that because he would have created. Because he, his, you know, Josh Uche, Matt, and Matthew Judon seem to be doing creating enough, create, get, have been getting creating pass rushes, right? 
Crane pass pressures. You can scheme up with Dante and Cal- Dante Hightower and Calvinoy the pass pressure. So I thought they would if they would include a trade, it would have been a player in the trade is Chase Winovich, but he's been IR. You while you I th- um, it would have been difficult to trade for a player who's on I for another team to trade for a player on an IR. I there's in a change in recent years, you could change players, uh, uh, trade players on IR. But I think Albert Breer had sent during the summer the change to rules to another bylaws rules. All right, is the, but I think if the person is considered to have a minor injury, he's can't be traded. I have no idea if they consider what Chase Winovich is a minor injury. A minor injury. All right. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. The Patriots for the Fort Locks, the Fort Knox folks. All right. They would not tell me. <laughs> I would. I don't even ask. And then, folks, that's funny. I, I'll just say this. I don't want. I no longer ask the people that I in the Patriots front office for information. It's mm-hmm. been they locked. They locked. I used to be able. I think I used to be able to get away with it back in the early 2000s asking them. But now that I've somewhat got famous. The, them answering my DMs have those days long gone. <laughs> <laughs> when when it comes to their overall financial level of flexibility at this point, uh, how do they stack up with 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 you know, with the rest of the league? Not not just themselves, but where they are right now. I, I know you update your number on a, a fairly regular basis on Twitter, yes. but how do they stack up maybe against the rest of the league at this point in the calendar? They're in a okay, Chris. This is a COVID year, all right. So everyone is has a lot less space cap space than usual. The average team right has about six point two million dollars in cap space. The Patriots have about two point five, and you think you think with two point five, that, that's that's near the bottom. That's like seven from the bottom. But there's so many teams, Chris, who are in the one to two to three to four million dollar range. So like if you if the Patriots were to create like uh, Lou sign someone for like. To salary and has takes up four hundred thousand dollars in cap space. They're jumping two or three spots mm-hmm. in the in the rankings. Everyone, a ton of teams don't have a lot of cap space right now. For them, this is the, you know, if you've been following me, this is typical for them. They typically end the the year with three to four million dollars in cap space. I I right now, I'm my projection. I think they're going to end up with a hundred thousand dollars in cap space. So I don't, it? which is low for them. Mm-hmm. But in an, in a when the cap has dropped from from 2020 2021, I, I can understand that. And every team is going to have more, not every team, but a good number of teams are going to end the year with a lot less cap space than they have in the past. The Patriots, gotcha. so I, hopefully that answers your question. And I'll just say this: going forward in 2022, the the Patriots are going to have less cap space than most teams. And that's because they have more players, already have more players signed for next year. When you have a player signed for next year, that player is going to be, has several years in the system, which means you're not paying them the rookie salary. So, you know, you have, the Patriots got about 47, 48 players signed for next year. They're, right now, uh, I could go over, we, we want to talk about 2022 if you want. Well, but- yeah, yeah, I I, I actually did. I, I wanted to, in, in, this <laughs> okay. is a specific question I had regarding in initially i thought over the last six months or so but let's play it out over the next year if you could forecast a couple of financially based moves this team would make in the next year or so with an eye toward creating some more financial flexibility what do you think those might be okay so this we're talking about creating cap space then okay okay Okay. then we we gotta hope for help 
mm-hmm. right? We want, like, Isaiah Wynn had a good game recently. We want him to continue to, to do so. So we can then, the Patriots can then ex- reach an extension with him and lower his $10.413 million cap hit in 2022. You, you want Matthew Judon to keep on doing what he's doing, all right? So then you could justify extending him or even restructuring his deal, which would lower his 2022 cap number in return for having a 2000 higher 2023, 2024 cap number, all right? Mm-hmm. You, you, Nelson Aguilar sticks out. He's got a $15 million cap hit, all right? He has to, at the next remaining games in the season, he has to prove to himself to be worthy of that, of that cap hit. Or either, either you trade him or willing to cut him, and then and he's got a several several million dollars guaranteed next year. So the cap savings is not going to be that great, but at least you can hope that he signs some players and get an offset for the 2023 season. All right, then then you could do some other moves, like for example, Cal Van Noy. All right, you can create about five million dollars in cap savings. I'm just going just gross. All right, I'm yeah. not going to go yeah. gross cap savings. All right, you can do something with with him if Jonathan Jones, not 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 so much. If you think that Shaq Mason is reaching the end of the deal, all right, you can create a lot of cap space with him. There is, and then you could do something with maybe if you like Hunter Henry, continues to go on. He only signed a two, he's only got two more years left on his deal. You can mm-hmm. send him one more year and lower his cap number. The Patriots can do all these things, Chris, all right, and still create cap space to sign the free agents they want to keep, sign their draft class for 2023. Three and then operate the rest of the year. How they do it, it will be we'll see. All right. Am I as I, I'm I'm 100 confident they're not going to go crazy in, in a free agency next year. All right. They just just not think. Could mm-hmm. they sign a big free agent next year? And I, and everybody wants for some reason a number one wide receiver, even though we got two highly paid tight ends on the on the league. All right. They could because they sign a player to the same kind of deal they sign Judon, Hunter Henry, John Smith, all those guys, where the player has a low cap number year in year one of the deal, and a, a large cap numbers in the, the later years of the deal. They definitely could sign anyone the next year. They, they, they could. I'm not saying one. I'm, I'm probably one. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. I'm saying one, and then you sign the rest of like your middle class guys. But 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 basically, you're looking at a situation now where there are. A handful of candidates. You just named what? Probably a half a dozen, yeah. six, eight guys who could be candidates to have their deals reworked depending on how they finish the, the, the 2021 season. Yes. Yes. And, and for example, Henry Henderson, he got hurt. All right. You could cut him next year and create cap space, but you're not going to do that if he's, if, he does, if he's not healthy enough to pass the physical. Because mm-hmm. you highly save any money if you're doing so. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, they and then for me, it's how much for next year is how much. What do you tender a, a Jacoby Myers, mm-hmm. a Gunner, or and Mr. Stiffarm J- Jacob Johnson? All right, what do you, what what these guys all going to be restricted free agents? All right, and one reason my number for the Patriots 2002 cap space is much lower than everybody else's is because I projected those guys to get RFA tenders. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm, I'm projecting that Jacoby's going to get a first-round tender, that Gunner's going to get a second-round tender, and that um, Mr. Johnson, I who Jacob, I think if his player is going to any player who's going to get an extension this year during the season, it's going to be him 
because he's a fullback and he's cheap. All right. If he's, are you going to want to pay him $2 million next year? Or do you want to extend him now and lower his per, per cap number by a couple of like a million dollars? What's the what team you- out there? What's the team out there right now that is just killing it when it comes to the cap? When it, when it comes to their team building process, is there a team out there, you know, for, for such a long time, the Patriots in a lot of ways were the model in terms of how to handle the cap and how to manage the cap and how to create, you know, just not kind of kick the can down the road, but, but to, to create a real sustainable, successful franchise, is there a franchise out there right now that you can point to that you say, look, this is the way, this is the new template. These are the way, you know, this is the way that, that it should be done from here on out. I see because the last two years have been COVID related. All right, mm-hmm. so it's hard, hard to judge it by there because the COVID has changed a lot of things. All right, and this drop and this decrease in the cap from 2020 to 2021 has caused a lot, a lot of teams to use voided years and to do a lot more converting salary into, into signing bonus. All right, that's not it for me. Those two, that's not the signs of, of good cap management. Good mm-hmm. cap management is not doing those things. All right. And every practically every team has done those things in the last two years. So I, I can't answer your question. Maybe next year and we're hopefully next year we're not affected by COVID. We're not affected by COVID and the NFL doesn't affected by COVID. So they don't have to do those things anymore. All right. Then I could get, I can honestly then I can start answering that question, because right now, if I was going to pick a team, it wouldn't be like the, everybody says it's the Buccaneers or the Saints, it wouldn't be those two teams because they do do two things that say, I can't manage the cap. I'm push, pushing money onto the future. Mm-hmm. All right? I understand why the Buccaneers did it because they have an older team. All right? And the fact that the cap went down allowed, said there wasn't going to be that many much demand for their free agents. I understand why the Saints did it because they had Drew Brees at the end of the deal. All right? And, but We'll see. I don't. I can't answer that question right now. Well, let, let, let me ask you about a specific team. Then hold on. Hold on. Let me ask you about a specific team. I am fascinated by the way that the Los Angeles Rams go about the team building process. They throw draft picks out the uh-huh. window, and, and they just they're they're clearly loading up for the short term. I I, I just I, I'm curious to get your take on how they go about the team building process in that manner in if it's sustainable at all over the course of a, you know, four five, six year period. It, it, it is sustainable because they have, they hardly ever get injuries, Chris. Mm-hmm. They okay. stay one of the, one of the, one of the things they do, they, one, they, they highly players put players on IR. The Patriots for uh, 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 definitely opposite of them. They put uh, Patriots of average putting 10 to 15 players each year on, on, uh, uh, on, uh, on IR. The Rams stay healthy, all right. So whatever the whoever they should give this strength and tension, tension goes a raise, all right. <laughs> you could do, you can get away with this structure if you know you're not gonna, if you're confident that you're not placing ten to fifteen players on IR each year, all right. Because they typically, Chris, I've said to the Patriots of typically average end of the year with three to four million dollars. The Rams are even one of the few teams who actually end with less cap space than them. They always take it to the limit because they structure, they, unlike the Patriots who have used active roster bonuses, the Rams don't do that. Mm-hmm. All right. They do. I, but they also, I'll say this, they play, you look at their play, their starters play most of the plays. They have like, you know, saying so they, so they really do not, that they depend on the starters getting healthy and they have 
of their, you know, people talk about special teams. They have like 11 players on that team to just play on special teams because mm-hmm. they never get any snaps because the starters, all, all the starters are taking all the snaps. They can get away with that. I mean, they switched over to having, and they playing Matthew Stafford, right? And I know they lost caps, you know, they did in that trade. They lost some cap space with with Jared Goff, all right? If you restructured one player, one high number playing deal, that's it's okay, all right? And especially if that player continues to play at a high level. Because I'll focus on, like, for example, Aaron Donald, all right? If you restructured his deal, and they, I think they did that once, right? Mm-hmm. But he – and if he continues to play at an all-pro level four or five years later into the deal – you don't really care what his cap number is, as long as he plays to the level of his cap number. As and, long and as the, and stays on the field too. That, yeah, that's your other point. That's, that's very well taken. And, and stays on the field. And like and they, I know they don't keep it. Make a lot of round draft picks, but they keep. They make a lot. Of, they make average team makes has eight draft picks. That's what they make, and they keep them. And they, I. They sign above the average number of undrafted free agents, Chris. I don't know if they keep them like the Patriots. They have that streak going like the Patriots. Maybe I'll look it up. I know they're not in the top three because I know the Patriots are. (laughs) (laughs) They might be four. They might be. They actually might be four, and I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of middle class on that on that Los Angeles. Oh, they don't. No middle. Oh my! They have the. Complete opposite of the Patriots in that regard. Mm-hmm. They're all top heavy. They remind me of the of the the Colts and the and when the Peyton Manning was. All right, mm-hmm. except they at least these guys. I, I at least they didn't make the mistake of Napoleon did. Like I will never forget the year that like they let Pope um, Manning went to free get tagged. So then they had to cut all these guys in the beginning of the off season. Then extend Peyton in July when mm-hmm. at the deadline, and then they signed some free agents. Then, well, you should have just done the deal with Peyton in in February, and you would have kept the team. Least, want to shift least, back? Want to shift yeah, back to the Patriots a little bit? No, no worries, yeah. no worries. At all. I, want, I want to kind of shift back to the Patriots a little bit, and I want to get your take on a few on-field things through the first eight games of the season. Give me yeah. your Patriots MVP to this point in, in the 2021 season. All right. <sighs> For me, it's got to be Judon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love. I mean, I, I guess I should say he's a quarterback. He's Mac Jones because he's a, he's the most important position. But for me, oh man, I'm just biased because I said that beginning of the season. I was biased. I thought it was a great pick. I got to say it's Mac Jones because he's a, he plays the most important position. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, no I, and, and okay, and, and, and I'll ask you this one too. Other than presumably Mac, who is your rookie of the year? Oh, it has to be Christian Baumore. Yeah, I just, I just. Man, oh man, he is a three-down defensive tackle. Sign me up all day. (laughs) He is (laughs) sign me up all day. He is balling out. Excuse my language, folks, but he is. I am so impressed with him. Is 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 there a is there a? And look, we're only eight games into his career, so I I do want to pump the brakes. I do agree with you on Barmore. You know, other than Mac Jones as being the team's rookie of the year, is there a similar type of player that you could think of when you watch Barmore play? And I'm specifically talking about through New England prism here. Is there a guy in New England hey. that reminds you of Barmore? 
impact for rookie year, or are we just talking just like in general the, the way he just, plays? I, I really, I, I, actually, to kind of get to my my kind of drill it down here and get to a more specific point, have they had an interior pass rushing presence like Barmore on this roster over the last decade? Not like not like him. Like like for example, I hate to say his name because the first thing I'm thinking about is I'm thinking about players like Wilfork, mm-hmm. Ty Warren. You know what I'm saying? I'm like th- those guys are the guys who put pressure on the inside. Like, you know, and Seymour, I'm like, I'm talking two, two of those guys, one's good in the hall of, should be, Seymour should be in the hall of fame. Wilco is a popular hall of fame. And Warren was a really, really good player. And I was like, <laughs> man, I, those are the guys I'm thinking about, Chris. And that's just, and I feel, man, I'm putting, I'm mentioning him with those guys. That's just how good, I, that's how much he's impressed me. And that's like, good. I, that is that's a that's a good neighborhood already. And again, yeah. like I said before, I, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. Yeah, I, yeah. Know, look, it's eight games in. You know, I, I do want to pump the brakes, but yeah, you know, well, eight games in, man, he has he has delivered. He's been the guy that they hoped he would be. You, you know, for me, when I watch him play, and it's a little bit of a different size, and you know, there there there's a few differences between the you know the body type and all that. But the first thing I thought of was, this is the guy. They wanted, you know, Dominique to be. Remember oh, Dominique yes. Easley. That yeah. this is the guy who they hope Dominique Easley would be. That interior pass rushing presence can play a couple of positions, can can do a few different things, can hold up against the run. This is who they wanted when they drafted Dominique Easley a few years ago. Yep. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. I was like, totally. That's that's totally right. Yeah. The other thing too, I'm with you on Judon, man, and and I have this philosophy, and I want to get your take on this. And I've asked a couple other people, and I, I want to see where you stand. This for me is starting to feel like a Matthew Judon defense. Over the last decade or so, it's been a Devin McCourty, Dante Hightower defense. Those have been the two guys who are the very public face of what they want to get done on the defensive side of the football. Those guys are getting a little older. Mm -hmm. They've been around for a little while. And I think we are starting to very slowly see Matthew Judon become the preeminent face of that New England defense. And he is outgoing and loves the media. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you, Chris. He, I, I said this before, and I think Bob Sosi said this, and I think John Rooker said it, all right, that I thought he was an underrated signing. And I think, you know, as much criticism of the people have given the Patriots for signing Nelson Aguilar and Kenny Bourne and John O. Smith, they knocked it way out of the park with Matthew Junon. Mm-hmm. He is like the 20th highest paid edge rusher in the game right now. Mm-hmm. He is playing way above that. On pace way for 17 sacks. That. 17 sacks. I saw year. that. I saw, I, saw, I saw you tweet. I think I, hopefully I retweeted it. I saw that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He, I, he's been – I don't know if he has to – the team has to keep on getting better. Yeah. And Diggs, Diggs can't get a ridiculous amount of interceptions, right? But he's got a chance to be defensive player of the year. I, I think he's in that conversation. I, he's I in the do. conversation. Yeah. He's and in the conversation. Yeah. We're looking at a, a, a we're looking at right now, and you could look at the numbers. I think for my money right now, Miles Garrett is still the guy. Diggs is up there, you know. But but you can at least say Judon deserves a spot right now in the top five. And yeah. if he continues to head in the right direction, look. In you know, I, I fully copy the idea that that Andre Tippett 
holds the franchise record, most sacks in a season. That came in a 16-game season. Yep. So, you know, if, if he breaks it, you put an asterisk next to it. But at the same time, I am hard-pressed to think of a better free agent signing this team has had over the last couple of years, at least on the defensive side of the ball, other oh. than Matthew Judon. Well, it's, it's, the last it would have to be Gilmore, all right? Yeah. And then yeah. after and, bef- and after before Gilmore, I can't, you know, like, it's been a while. So yeah. you had, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that those kind that kind of impact we're we're talking all pro level it's you know it's Gilmore and Judon that's it in the last you know whatever yeah I mean I, I mean I, I mean I thought I yeah I thought like Colvin and excuse me Roosevelt Colvin and at the Thomas would be big hits mm-hmm. but they didn't for various different reasons well how about this how about this we you know we we talked about how uh, you know Christian Barmore is the guy that they hoped they would get when they were drafting Dominique Easley. I, I think, and again, let's pump the brakes here because it's eight games in, but maybe Matthew Judon is the guy that, that they were hoping for when they, you know, they, they acquired a Dallas Thomas. Yes. I, 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 I actually went back, Chris, and I went back and tried to look to see if they tried to pay him the same kind of money and they just offered a cab to Dallas Thomas. They actually paid him more. They paid him more money than Thomas got, than suggested a cap i'm like i i thought that was they, they were doing they, they, they were just doing, i thought those that's the first thing that came into my mind was the daily thomas this is your semi this is also this will serve as also your semi-regular reminder that dallas thomas had a hell of a 2007 and then just <laughs> yeah, i here and yeah. i will pound the table for the fact that a dallas thomas if if Eli Manning doesn't complete that pass to Plaxico Burris at the end of Super Bowl 42, giving the Giants the win, you could make a really good case that a Dallas Thomas should have been Super Bowl MVP into yep. Super Bowl 42. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Yeah, it's it, it's funny because people forget like how good he was in 2007, yeah. and just the same thing with Asante. All they remember is the drop in the in the Super Bowl. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel, I, I want to shift gears here just just a little bit because, and we've talked about this before. I think we've even done a podcast at one of my previous places of employment. Yeah. We talked about your background. We've worked together yep. for you know on multiple occasions, so we've discussed this. But I want to talk about your background a bit how you started doing what you're doing here when it comes to the salary cap information, when it comes to salary cap information, not just for the Patriots, but for across the league, when did you start doing it and what caused you to start doing it? So Chris, I really wish I had written down, I had a diary. All right. Cause I remember I, the story. I remember the reason why I did. I used to be, I'm big into math been always been going into math. I used to deliver the newspapers. So I used to read both the Preston Herald and the Boston Globe. All right. One day I read a story and I don't which I don't remember with the order that Ted Johnson's number was X. Next day I read a story in the competing newspaper that Ted Johnson's number was Y. I mean, make any sense to me. All right. Because a cap number is a cap number. Mm-hmm. All right. So I decided, hey, I'll just I decided then and there but that I could do a better job of covering the Patriots salary cap. I'm just a niche guy. I'm not, I don't go into the meetings. I don't interview Bill. I don't, I'm not attending practices. I'm just covering the salary cap. I decided to do it. Back in the day when I started doing it, we didn't have, there's no Twitter, no Instagram, highly, highly any social media. So I would just use like web forms and a mailing, the Bosco mailing list. I would, you know, um, and then I would just keep track of it. Back in the day when I was decided doing this, USA Today, at the end of the year, would have like a salary cap da- database. 
So it helped me figure out some numbers. Back in the day, the NFL, NFLPA mm-hmm. used to publish, Chris, used to publish and made them public to the public, PDFs, where they talked about contracts. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't mention names, all right? But if you're covering, they say a player, a, a linebacker on the Patriots with X number of years got this deal, it doesn't, is that, that, it's not that many Patriots players who fit that description. Right, right. So, so, but they stopped doing that, and and, and um, so I started doing, I started doing it. And I became, you know, uh, Tom Cummins. I've said this before. Wrote a story about me in in the Province Journal in two thousand two, and then I started. Um, I don't know when I, then I joined Twitter and stuff like that, and you and everybody else started tweeting me out, and I got I got somewhat famous. It's it's amazing to to kind of chart your ascent a little bit because I remember going back to your old page, yep, somewhere two thousand four, five, six, and it was just long, just <laughs> charts and numbers and everything. To your credit, was annotated. Everything yes. had footnotes, and you were saying, okay, there was a report here in the Globe that this happened, and so you know you kind of figured it out and kind of ran the numbers. But it's been amazing to see you in the way that you've you've gone from that to your presence on Twitter, where you are now considered by many, including myself, to be one of the most authoritative salary cap guys across the league. And I know there's a bunch of them who kind of sprung up yeah. over the last few years. I know there's a guy, you know, over the cap and the, the, mm-hmm. I know there's a guy who does the Texans and I'm sure there's a, another handful of guys. Oh, but this, yeah. For me, you've been doing this for the long, you're, you're the OG I'm, here. You, you've I'm been the, the guy who's been around the longest. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one, I'm the original one. First, First, my claim to fame, like internet-wise, I was the first person to have a salary cap page devoted to the team. I am the original guy. I'm the OG. You, you, you can ask all the, the, the capologists like Jason Hurley from the 49ers cap, Jason Fitzgerald who's the, over the cap, who's used to be Jets cap, Tex, um, Brian McFallon, who used to be Ravens salary cap. You can all ask them. We all say this. They all say it. In, in d- different tweets that I'm the original one. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing this such a long time. It's my friends cannot believe that I have former N- NFL executives following me mm-hmm. on Twitter. They cannot, I, they cannot believe me when I show them that I have, I, I know for a fact that Patriot players follow relatives follow me on Twitter. I mean, and I know back in the day that, you know, I knew that Patriots players looked at my web page mm-hmm. and like saying, you know, right? and, and I'm wondering, and sometimes I wonder if they're the ones who asked, they ask on the burn accounts, ask me what they, some people ask me, what do you think he's going to get in, in free agency? Uh-huh. And I, you know what I'm saying? So I think sometimes they want, maybe the agents wants like a free, free projection. <laughs> I want I want, to circle, I want to circle back around real quick to, to something you said off the top where you used to DM the Patriots about cap information. Tell me I, a little bit about how that came about. Uh, I know them. They follow me. Mm-hmm. I follow them. I never got a response. Uh, did I get a response, Chris? No. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, take your shot, right? I took I took my shot. Yeah. I, I'll say this. It took, I don't know how, like, you know, I um, it took the guys from Patriots Unfiltered, now Patriots they they mentioned me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. I was like, the first time they mentioned me, I like, I knew they followed me. All, all those guys followed me on Twitter. But that's it. Took several years before they mentioned me, and I knew they were following me. 
like, <laughs> 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 they, I did take a shot. Like literally, I had, um, uh, you know, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've DM Stacy James, who's the head of the media things, but he mm-hmm. doesn't respond. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just, I'm just asking. Like, you know, last time, I, last thing I asked him was a weird thing. I was missing some a PDF from 2023, 2003. Mm-hmm. All right, and he doesn't respond. Okay, fine, whatever. It's like I'm a fan. I don't. I mean, if you don't, you don't. It's no big deal. <laughs> what's What's been the most surprising thing that you've encountered in your years of doing this work? The most surprising thing is the number of questions I get that I just answered. I, I I know people follow me on Twitter, but like sometimes I I I don't I don't know understand they read they understand the tweets, and I think sometimes I know we only have a, went from 140 to 280. I just got to do a better job of explaining myself. Mm-hmm. It's and I'll say this, Chris. I know you remember. Some of you guys are just jerks. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just jerks for us fans. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you want to be honest, but that is like I no longer um I no longer listen to sports radio. <laughs> I don't listen to um I don't listen to screw those guys. I mean, like you know, they um it was I made a mistake, and I don't say I made a mistake once, like. So earlier this year, WEI I writes an article saying the Patriots could possibly acquire Matthew Matt and Ryan in a trade, and I'm saying, I said to this, I said to them in in a, in a tweet, this is never going to happen, mm-hmm. not because it didn't make sense, because they thought it, it might have made a sense for the Patriots, but it didn't make sense cap wise for the Falcons. I hear that they they put on radio, they call me a loser on the radio. A work, a co-worker who I never knew knew me on Twitter, emails me and says, "Oh, they they, they made fun of you on on WEI." Mm-hmm. I'm like, literally, my like, I don't know, like, literally, you to call me a loser because I didn't like one of your one of your articles. I'm like, so I made a mistake of going on on that I rated defend myself, and that was a mistake. I'll never do that again. Mm-hmm. I and I'll never retweet hardly anything from WEI. All right, because those are, I think that if you're gonna call a fan. And I've been, you know, who's try, who's been doing this salary helping people try and learn about the salary cap and try and I've been raising money for a food pantry the first decade of 15 years. And now I'm raising money for help people somebody buy a house, but have it happen in a minute. You calling me a loser for doing that? While you are, are a dork. <laughs> I'm a I, I'm like, no, he's he calls himself Rich Geek calls himself on his profile a dork. I'm gonna lose because I'm a salary cap. He what he does, he gets to sell, call himself a dork. I'm gonna lose for being a salary cap. We both have quirky hobbies. He calls I'm a loser and he's a dork. That's privilege because he's on radio. You ever you ever you ever had people? Uh, what's your what's your block list look like? Oh my gosh, I Chris, I oh, it's it's getting up there because I have I don't like people who are bullies to women on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't like people who use the word retard on Twitter, right? Um, I don't like people who typically, if the first time you t- interact with me is the curse, I, I, I'm trying to give it up curse as a judgment thing. Mm-hmm. I typically buy people. Um, I, I was bullied. I mean, I was 
I was, I'm, you can use me, Matt, you know, I'm a short person. All right. Mm-hmm. So I was bullied when I was a kid. I was like, like, if you want to be a Twitter bully, I'm just going to probably block you. <laughs> Especially if you're doing it to a woman, I'm like, forget that. It's just, just yeah. be better. Guys, we got to be better than that. He is the OG. He is the self-proclaimed, what is it? Maybe the self-proclaimed king of the, king of the ice cold take. I remember that, one. that. That was a good one. I like that one. He is he's an excellent Twitter follow. He is Miguel Benzon. Miguel, tell people where they can see your stuff. Oh, you can see me at at on Twitter. I'm at Pat's Cap. I have an Instagram account called Pat's Cap. But I highly ever upload pictures. I, um, Bill and I have the same aversion to social media. I love Twitter. I re- I'm only really Chris, the only reason I'm on Twitter is to raise the money for the chat. Habitat Habitat of Humanity. You can see well, how to well, do well, so. Tell me about that. Tell me. I know. I know this Habitat for Humanity is a charity that is very close to you. That's very near and dear to your heart. Yeah. Tell me about your involvement with them. I um my company has been doing public has doing builds forever. So I I used to volunteer every time they had say we had a build Habitat Habitat. I mean I would I would do it. And then I started, um, started just fill. They actually have days where you can just go in the office and fill envelopes. All right, I just, I just think helping someone buy a home is is a good thing. It's the pass, you know, pass something on. Just go do something, push something forward. Be, do something nice. You know, what I'm saying it was just, it was just. I don't. I live in Connecticut, so I know I used to support the charity Brother Life, uh, Brother Life Food Pantry in Malden, but I don't live in Malden anymore. All right, I should try to help someone in Connecticut. And then since I, I was doing charity work for them, I just picked them. And then I met Rose from, from their office. And then we started this account. And I'm just hoping people would just donate to it. Because so folks, I'm gonna I'm the only reason I'm on it is is to raise the money on it. If I don't raise the money, if I if I don't raise the money, I'll probably go off it. I don't know if it's gonna be, I said before, it'd be the um January first, two thousand twenty-three, might be my two might be my last the first day i'm off of twitter i might change my mind because i've learned from rose that the, the i wanted to raise money enough money to buy a house which was one hundred twenty thousand dollars. now that that has gone up to one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. so i might just like say i might just extend my campaign another year because mm-hmm. because of the extra fifty five thousand dollars Miguel, thanks so much for taking the time to do this, man. You, you've been a great guy. You know, you've been a great help to me over the years when it comes to helping me understand the salary cap and everything that goes along with it. But I, I also count you as a friend. You're a good Thank guy. You. You're also, like I said before, man, you're a great follow on Twitter. You have an almost inexhaustible reservoir of patience <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to connecting with people on social media. So uh, from my yeah. perspective, keep tweeting, keep informing the public, and keep doing what you're doing, buddy. I, I will. I mean, Chris, I, I hate to say this. I cannot believe I'm still doing this after 21 years because I cannot get you guys in the media to learn about the salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, for one, and I know a lot of the original guys, you know, we talked about, you know, Tom Curran and Mike Reese and yeah. a lot of guys out there, a lot of guys in the media and a lot of fans, I'm sure, really appreciate all of the hard work that you put into this because it is not easy to be able oh to follow God. all of those numbers. So oh my gosh. keep doing what you're doing, bud. Hopefully we can hook this up again very, very soon down the road. I really appreciate you again, taking the time to, to talk about this. We're doing this in March, the first in the free agency week. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's, that's true. I'm, I'm putting it on the calendar now, man. I'm putting Put it on, it on the, the calendar. calendar. Hey, Miguel, thanks again. Take care and we'll talk soon. Take care. God bless.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.